Visionary womenpreneurs are changing the world through the impact of their businesses, businesses that impact their communities, their region, and the world. Here at Visionary Womenpreneurs Radio, we are honored to bring these women together to tell you about their vision, their impact, how they overcame the challenges that they faced, and how they made it happen for their business. Join me in welcoming all of the guests that we bring here so that we can continue to change the world. Welcome to Visionary Womenpreneurs Radio. I am so excited today to have a special guest, Carla Reeves. She is known for her compassionate, direct, and truth-telling candor. Ambitious leaders have relied on Carla for over a decade to call out their blind spots, challenge their thinking, and expand their perspective. Carla believes in ditching the illusion that life will be great someday in the future and teaches leaders how to wake up their thinking to create and live a juicy, rich, meaningful life right now. I want to welcome Carla to the show. Well, Carla, welcome to Visionary Womenpreneurs Radio. I'm so excited to talk with you and learn more about what you do. So welcome. Thank you, Donna. I'm so excited to be here. Great. I know before we even started recording, we were having a great conversation, so I just felt like we have to start recording this. <laughs> missing, <laughs> and missing parts of what I want to talk about on the show. Um, but I want to start, like, at the beginning of, like, what got you started? What was the vision that started your business? Yeah, so it wasn't, it didn't start with a vision. It started with a need in my own life. So I was, I worked in corporate America for 10 plus years and then I left to have my first son and he was about eight months old and I started to feel like I was going a little bit stir crazy. I decided to step away from my job. I had an opportunity to be at home and um, just be a mom and I was really grateful for that opportunity. But at about eight months, I started to feel a little like I was going a little bit crazy and at the same time, I was looking around and just noticing that were, there were a lot of moms that were honestly quite miserable. And I knew I didn't want that, but I felt my own sanity like slipping a little bit. And at the same time, I felt this incredible calling to start writing. And I started writing, and um, it was really my mission to figure out how to be a happy mom because I felt like if I could give that to my kids, it would be one of the greatest gifts I could give them. And I wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote. And one day I was sitting on my bed and for whatever reason, I decided to kind of reflect back on some of the journey that had happened on the pages of that notebook. And I was really astounded by what had happened. Not only had I figured out how to take care of my own well-being and happiness, and that was having an impact in my home, but I like all these other connections were being made. I opened up my spirituality and my creativity and I had, you know, uh, traveled through some more layers of self-acceptance and on and on and on, like the benefits. I just, I was kind of floored. And in that moment, I just knew in my heart, I'm here to um, teach people how to use journaling or writing as a tool to navigate their life. And so that was my first vision 
And I launched a company called Sanity Journals, and I did that while my boys were little and um, growing up. And it literally was my own sanity, and I had an opportunity to really teach and guide people through um, writing exercises to help them um, really create change in their own lives. And so that was the very first vision. <laughs> I don't know if you want me to continue, but that was the first vision. That is so in line with some of the things that I've done also, and I think that journaling is just so powerful, um, and I don't do enough of it most of the time, but <laughs> I think that it can have such an impact. So what was – it sounds like that was a business, and now you're on to something different. Yes. So I did that vision, that vision, that business and vision for a number of years, and then I there was a write-up in a local paper. I had done a speaking event on the topic, and a company in Canada reached out to me and said, "Hey, you're passionate about journaling, and so are we." And they had a online journaling software that I ended up using and creating this online journaling lounge. I called it where people could connect and grow and. Um, really changed their lives, you know, sort of connecting online. And I, I, at the same time, I really built a relationship with that company. And I went to the president one day and I said, I really want to grow my business, but I don't know what to do. Would you mentor me? And she said, I think you know what to do. I think you're in your own way. And I think you should go through our coaching program. And so that was my first experience of coaching. I did go through their program and the coaching was amazing, but Bigger than that, I fell in love with this idea of coupling a coach with a journal to really help people radically change their lives. And so I ended up going through their certification to become a coach, and I coached on their team for like six years. And then just over five years ago, I left to go out on my own. And, um, I, you know, that's my business is I, I took that um, training that I went through and created my own coaching um, brand, but still using the coupling a journal with a coach to really help people make um, positive change in their life. Very cool. And um, so talk a little bit about the journaling and why that's an important component. Yeah, so the journaling... um, the training that I went through, I mean, I experienced this on my own, you know, when I was doing all that writing and sort of on a mission to figure out how to take care of my own happiness. But then when I went through the training, um, I really learned the the value of really emptying your thoughts and putting them on paper and getting a little bit of distance from them to really start to look at, you know, your thoughts are like a lens. They create a lens in which you sort of view and experience life through. And so your thinking is constantly shading your lens, which really has a huge impact on the way we experience people and things that are happening, circumstances, and on and on and on. And so journaling is a way to empty that thinking, to really get a little bit of distance and start to choose more intentionally about what you're allowing to hang out in the environment of your mind. You know, it's like um, and journaling is a way that you can kind of sort and process and really start to build a thinking foundation that really aligns with 
your vision and what you want for your life so that it's not constantly working as an interruption to that, which was my experience for many, many years. Definitely. You had said something a minute ago about how um, people can get in their own way, and I think that that's one of the things that happens in your thoughts. Your thoughts get in your way and stop you from doing things. So it sounds like part of what you're saying is that by journaling you can help shift those thoughts or be in more, more in control of those thoughts. Yeah, first of all, being more aware of what's hanging out there, right? Like, just first of all, just shining a light and kind of raising your awareness to what is your thinking and is it working, is it helping you or is it hurting you? Um, and then the second piece is, yes, like starting to trade up some of that thinking so that it is more in line with what you really want in your life. Now, there's a step in between that is a lot of times we have to challenge some of that old thinking. And that's where the coaching piece came in. Like when I was trained in how to use a journal, you know, with a client to really help them, we were trained on helping, like using the writing to help people see their blind spots and to see where their thinking is getting in their own way. And so some of that we can definitely do on our own. And sometimes it is like there's sneaky blind spots that we may not see that are um, often emotionally rooted in into our past. And, you know, we've created these thinking grooves that can be pretty significant. And sometimes we need help sort of uncovering those and, and disarming those so that we can move forward with greater ease. And sometimes we can do that on our own by, you know, simply using a journal to just raise your awareness, get more clarity, and start to make really different choices about the way in which you are thinking. Sounds very powerful. So, yeah. you know, one of, the things, one of the things that you talk about is living a created life. So what do you mean by a created life? Yeah, so a created life, it, while it's unique to each person, to me it's really about taking responsibility for your everyday life and the way that you think about it, the way that you approach it, the way that you show up to it. And it's about having freedom and flexibility and not being confined by your own thinking or your circumstances um, and really taking an active part in creating and designing how you're going to show up to it, right? Like there's so many things that we can't control in our life. But the things that we can always control are our thinking, our perceptions, the way we choose to see something, the choices we make, the actions we make. Um, and that's where you can get incredibly creative to have a really profound influence on your life, the way you feel in it, the way things happen, the way things unfold. That all has a huge impact. And so... It's about getting really creative in your thinking to create really great mobility in your everyday life. Does that make sense? Yep. And it sounds different than um, like what you, what I keep hearing about um, like your thoughts create your reality. It, it sounds more intentional, I guess. Yes, it is more intentional. (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, because that sounds great, right? But, you know, when I'm on the when a call with a client and even in my own life, it's it's really starting to think about what is it that I want and then kind of working backwards from that, you know, how do I how do I want to think and how do I how can I um shift my thinking to create new options or different ways I could approach this situation or challenge. Um so it's really about tapping into your own creativity to um, really influence your life on a moment-by-moment basis in, you know, in your work, in your relationships, in, in everything. Yeah, it sounds more conscious, I guess. Like you're, you're tuning into yourself more consciously and then making decisions and choices about yes. how you want to be in the world. Consciously. Yes. Um, yes. And that's very I was cool. Just, I was just writing a piece about this, but I ha- made this connection that as a little girl, I loved to rearrange my room. And I think I did it because I was often quite bored and I had older siblings and I was alone a lot. And I think I started doing that to sort of take care of my own boredom. But every time I would rearrange my room and I would unpack drawers and move things around and sort of create new little nooks and I would always feel better and I'd feel more engaged in my life again and I made this connection the other day that that's really no different and I still rearrange um, rooms in my house for that same reason to just kind of bring new energy and new aliveness into your life but it's the same thing that I do in my own life and with clients every day to really move around their thinking, kind of stir up the thinking to to open up options and different approaches and new ideas and really create um, movement and mobility where sometimes we feel stuck or we feel trapped by a circumstance. My belief is that you're never really trapped and those are those are your those places are your access to really having freedom and creativity in your life. Yep. Yeah, I think that we can live like we create patterns in our life. And you just you know, we have routines and patterns and it's about shifting those or making that one change or rearranging the furniture can even change the pattern of how people are living in the house and you know (laughs) how they're engaging. Exactly right. You know, exactly so, right. So sometimes just making that one change. I guess I always think of the um, the book, um, the Dance of Anger, and oh, I don't I, even know, I know if that I ever. Book. I don't know if I ever even read the book, but my perception of it, just from the title, is that you have this pattern that you get into, and so it's like a dance. And so your relationships become like this pattern, this dance that you're doing. And if, and all we can control are our own footsteps, right? And if we change just one thing, it changes the dance or the pattern. And that kind of sounds like what you're talking about also. Like by making that shift in yourself, even one small thing can change the whole dance. That's exactly right. I use that quote from that book all the time. And I don't know that I ever finished reading that book either, but that's what I remember from the book. She has a line that says, 
response-ability. And she talks about what you said, like we can't always, we may not be able to change the other person, but we have the ability to change our response. And when you change just, you know, your, your footing ever so slightly in a dance with your relationship with someone else or something in your life, everything starts, everything has to shift around it. And so that's exactly right. Yeah, I think, um, I know, like, in in my story, like, I always think of, like, when you make a move in your life, um, you start seeing opportunities that you didn't even see before. Mm. I think of it, like, as doors. You know, like, people can open doors for you, but when you walk through that door, there's doors that you didn't even know existed as possibilities to walk through. Um, and... So it's like by making that move, scary as it might be, like you start seeing possibility that you didn't know was even there. So I guess yeah. one of my questions is what's like, like how do people get in their own way that you see, like people getting in their own way? Hmm. Gosh, we get in our own way all over the place. Um, <laughs> myself <I know>. included. <laughs> we're really good at that actually <laughs> um, but I think I think one of the biggest sort of the overarching piece and then all the little pieces come from this is um, something I call your survival model and what I mean by that is that we all have a, a survival model and I discovered this over years and years of working with people, is that um, in your survival model is made up of ways of thinking and ways of behaving and ways that we approach things and, like, all these patterns. And it literally helped us to survive at one time. But the problem is that people reach a point where they they know what they want, they want something to shift, but they feel like they're almost, like, beating their head against the wall getting the same old results regardless of what they try. And that's what I discovered is like there people were, you know, a lot of times showing up to explore coaching because they think, thinking they want to leave a job or leave a relationship or move to a new city. They want to make some big change. And what I realized over time was that they didn't really want to escape the relationship or the job what they really were bumping up against was this survival model and that's what they wanted to escape. And so my focus became to help people reveal what that is because that's what's getting in the way. It's, it's old patterns of thinking that literally helped us to survive at one time and it's the very thing that's getting in our way today. So wow. that can be, you know, it can be, and it can show up like ways that old ways that we see ourselves or what we're capable of, like that gets in people's way all the time. Um, it can be ways that we show up to um, certain other people that we encounter or opportunities that we encounter because our old model defines everything this way. And so we can't even show up to that opportunity um, with our fullest potential because of the old outdated um, ways of thinking and seeing ourselves in the world around us. Yeah, were you going to say something? No, I was just thinking that that, you know, that that's so true. Of, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm thinking of all the examples for my my own life. 
um, but then just for other people that we get into these patterns and routines that um, that get in our way and, and become the roadblock. You know, and we think we want this other thing, this success or whatever it is, um, but we have a hard time moving those roadblocks out of our way to get there. That's right. There's it, To make it a little more tangible, um, one of the real pivotal moments of that in my life was when I, I had been married and divorced and then I met my husband now. And we were dating and newly in love and people, and I was afraid because I had gone through a divorce. I never imagined that that would happen and I didn't want that to happen again. I had lost a lot of trust and confidence in myself and here I was newly in love and people, I noticed that people would say to us like, oh, look how cute they are. Look how in love they are. And then they would say like, oh, just wait, just wait. That'll go away. Wait, you've been married a year. And I would lay in bed at night awake just like in a panic that, oh, my gosh, like, is that what really happens? And I started to imagine that at some future unknown date, this monster was going to come in and just take away our happiness. And and then there was one of those nights where there was, like, a different thought emerged, and the thought was, what if there is no monster, but what if it's up to us to actually cultivate and create a relationship and a foundation where we could fall in love again and again and again. And like you said, all of a sudden that thought I got, you know, I felt completely powerless before, like I had no power and no control. And just by that simple change in thought, all of a sudden all of these new doors started to open and these opportunities and possibilities. And that's the mission we set out on like 20 years ago. And it literally changed the course of my life and the course of our life because the way we approach that is how we've approached parenting and um, creating my own business and are really are the way we navigate our whole life. And so I think you said it before we got on the call that, um, you know, sometimes one simple shift in the way that we're thinking can, can change the course. Definitely. Definitely. And, I think that what you were talking about earlier with journaling can be like a powerful conduit. Is that the right word? Yeah. To getting, to, to getting there, like to figuring out like, like what you need to let go of or, you know, what those pieces are that maybe like you don't have to keep buying into anymore. You know, that's and, exactly right. And sometimes, you know, the things you know that we're that buying into us, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of evidence out in the world, right, that, you know, people are saying this or you you can find all kinds of evidence that it's true, that marriage, you know, does sort of go downhill. Like, you know, you get to choose. Like, are you going to buy into that or are you going to try something different? And I knew that even if I tried something different and that failed, I knew we'd be in a better place than if I sort of, like, surrendered to this idea that, you know, eventually it's going to fade, and better enjoy it now, right? Versus really like we're going to create something different and go for that. Yeah. Well, it's like you're creating this expectation of failure. Like, oh, this is nice now, but eventually it's not going to be nice. And, you know, we're not going to really like each other anymore. And it's like, you know, if we, you know, like 
then are you creating that just because that's what you're thinking? And that's exactly you're, right. You're expecting it to, you know, so like because you have that expectation, are you looking at that other person differently then? Like you're expecting Absolutely. them to like, be a little bit meaner or something, you know, and, you know, so you're more critical because like did he have to say it like that or did she have to say it like that? <laughs> you know? That's exactly and, right. And then you kind of start going down that hole just because that's what you were expecting was going to happen or that's what you've seen happen around you before. And that's exactly um, it. And I think that you're so right. Like you can choose and then it's like a decision. Like I decide that I'm not going to do this this way. Like I'm making a different choice. And I think that that's part of where people get stuck is that they might think about it, but then they don't take any action on it. Yeah. And, you know, so they, I've done like the vision board workshops and had people call and say, like, I did my vision board and nothing happened. <laughs> like, well, <laughs> yeah, did you follow remember, it up with action? <laughs> remember how we talked about creating an action plan for it? You know, that whole idea that, like, you're not in charge. And I think that that's what you started off talking about is, um, like, taking control of those thoughts and being, you know, creating the life that you want. And I think that sometimes it sounds like, I don't know if we make it sound like yeah, create your dream life kind of thing. And it's like, yeah, right. Um, you know, and people just don't know how to do that, but it's partially about the the thoughts and your beliefs and and working on that that personal development stuff, like your personal self. That's right. That's right. Challenging some of the old ideas and old um, beliefs about yourself and the world around you, and and then yeah, action is a huge piece because it's. I talk a lot about alignment, but it's really about getting your thinking, your beliefs, and your actions really in line with what it is that you want. And, you know, like you said, it's like that consistent, aligned actions create really incredible traction in your life. And, you know, it can. It can sound really cliche, and um, it takes daily work. And I, I think back to my own life. Like, there were many, many years where, I was checking the boxes to what I thought would lead to, you know, a happy, successful life and finally admitted to myself that I was really empty on the inside. I was masterful at making everything look good on the outside, um, but inside I wasn't feeling it. And, um, you know, that realization is what really led me on a different path to shifting from feeling like I'm at the mercy of my circumstances to taking full responsibility for the things that I can control to have influence. Um, you know, it's, it doesn't mean you're always going to love your life or what's happening in your life. But what what is amazing is that you can feel really grounded and rooted and at the helm of your choice about how you're going to show up to what's happening. And to me, that's what's made a huge difference. Definitely. So um, what do you think is the best way to increase 
energy and time to do those things that truly do matter. Yeah, so I love the idea of energy and time. And I think time is, you know, talking about one thing that gets in people you know, our way and um, is time, right? And the excuses around time. But when I talk about time to people and how I've navigated in my own life is one, like a lot of times we, the perceived solution appears to be like, you know, get more efficient, get better strategies, get better at time management, and, and that's going to solve the problem. And what I know to be true is that time management strategies are great, but if they're just put on top of a faulty thinking foundation, they don't last. And so to me, the most powerful place to impact your time is to look at where you're wasting precious time and energy, not in the traditional ways we think of wasting time, like, you know, binge watching YouTube or Netflix or whatever, it's it's really the places, and they often can be blind spots, but where we, and this ties to your old model, but these behavior patterns that it can be like overthinking things or where we overgive or overextend ourselves or do everything to please everybody else, but our priorities are at the bottom of the list. It's all of these behaviors that consume enormous amounts of time and energy. And if you can address those things, you're going to free up your time and energy in ways that you can never imagine. And while you were talking, I was just going back to what you had started with in your work with moms, because I think moms, like, we tend to be people that give a lot and prioritize kids and like lots of other things (laughs) and have to do some work to like, I see time waste there or, you know, time that gets kind of used there. Um, And I'm sure that you saw that in working with moms. Yeah. So, you know, as a mom, I mean, your time is taxed, right? And a lot of your time is, is, is not your own when you're raising babies. Um, but one of the things I had to look at in my own life at that time was I, not only was I like raising my children, but at that time I was still so concerned about pleasing other people in my life and, and dropping my things to help other people or, and not that that's a bad thing because it's a good thing, but what was driving that for me was, was not such a good thing because I had learned to help others and drop my things for other people in order to feel valuable. And so there was sort of an undermining driver behind some of those behaviors that um, that didn't need to be there. And as I started to do that own work in my own life to stop these behaviors of like pleasing others, overextending myself, like I was a uh, excessive worrier and so really starting to examine my worry and how much mental energy I wasted there that was had no purpose um, thinking for other people that's something I see in in 
of course, in my own life, but also in people I work with. Like we as humans do a lot of thinking for other people and managing other people's lives and matters. Um, And so like harnessing all of those things freed up so much emotional and mental space as a mom that I could put into my raising my children and also just taking better care of myself so that when there was an opportunity to help somebody else, I could do it from a full tank instead of an empty tank. Oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. It's just so, so much energy that you you can put into worry and just what you were talking about. Like, yeah, I put a lot of energy into worrying about people. And, yeah, it's not a good There's use a- of energy or time. <laughs> Yeah, there's a quote that says, uh, you know, worry is a misuse of the imagination. And I love that because I think it's just a, it's a place where you can channel your energy differently that could have a greater impact. And there's another quote that I just love, and it's by Mark Twain, and it says, I lived a long and arduous life, and 90% of it never happened. And I think <laughs> that that just captures the power of the mind, right? <laughs> Yeah, definitely. So you kind of alluded to ways that you work with um, clients and and stuff, but what are some of the unique methodologies or programs that you're using now with your clients? Yeah, so I have a foundational program that people typically start with, and I take them through. Um, it's really a two-month journey, and we start with um, really – going through a process that I created to reveal that survival model so that you can, we literally lay it out on paper so that you can see it and you can understand and like there's so much starts to make sense about why you do things the way you do, why you respond the way you do, why you get triggered the way you do, all of that. And then we, I give them tools and um, techniques to start to think and show up differently in their life. So one of those, um, you know, tools really helps you separate facts from stories. So a lot of times, you know, something happens, an event happens in our life, and there's the facts of that event, and then there's the story that we tell about that event. And I do it in circles, but those circles get collapsed, and it you know, we as people respond as if just that whole thing actually happened and it's all the truth. And so one of those tools is to help you separate those circles so you can start to respond in your life in a more intentional um, way so that you're you're behaving in a way that aligns with who you want to be today and not dictated by sort of pain or emotion of the past. And so tools and techniques is sort of that second part of the journey. And then we really start to put together help. I help them get really clear about what they want. And um, we start to build a new model that helps them repeatedly. They know what to do to consistently show up in a different way to create new, far more fulfilling results and experiences in their life. So that's sort of the journey and the, the program that I've developed over the years to take people through to really build a solid foundation for then really starting to intentionally create and design their everyday life. 
And so from your point of view, what changes do you witness in clients that are going through your program and, and integrating some of the tools into their lives? Yeah, so I'll just kind of share with, I think it's easier to see it kind of in a story, but there was a woman I worked with years ago that she was a, a leader, um, led an HR department, and when she came to coaching, she was really like, she just wanted to get to retirement, and then she was going to live her life. And some of the challenges she was having was she was just, she wasn't able to spend the time she wanted with her elderly mother, with her son, and she had a new relationship in her life. And she just was like, you know, I just need to, I just need to get through the next couple of years, and then I'm going to have more time to really spend with the people that I want and doing the things I want because work was just consuming her. And so in the course of our work together, we discovered that she had she had this um, part of her old model was she took on incredible amounts of responsibility and she felt responsible for everything. And like it had gotten her a great deal of success, but it was the very thing that was really in her way at this point. And so I really challenged her to say, like, yes, retirement is in the horizon, but I don't want you to wait to live your life someday. Like, it might be too late to spend time with your elderly mom, you know, or we don't know. This time is so precious. And so I really yeah. challenged her to start to think about how can you move towards retirement and start to build some of this in your life today. So we really had to challenge her thinking and then she had to start to show up differently. She had to start to delegate more. She had to start to communicate differently. She had to start to, you know, like taking a lunch so she could go have a lunch with her fiancé or she could go have lunch with her son or she could take time, she could delegate, um, you know, instead of feeling like she had to have her hands in everything, she was afraid that she was going to lose her edge or lose her um, legacy by making these changes. And what I was able to help her see is that she actually elevated her ability as a leader and her legacy by starting to delegate and empower her team around her. And as she did that, she got to be empowered in her personal life too. So that was pretty cool to witness. That's very cool. And I think a, a challenge for many leaders to empower their team and to let go of some of what they do. Um, yeah. Is that, yeah. And it really happens in little simple tweaks, little simple changes in the way that they think and show up to their everyday life. So we work in really little moments so that it's not like this big swooping change. We start with just the little moments, and over time, that starts to ripple to the larger change that they desire. That's cool, because it probably impacts the people that work for them in a really positive way as well. Yeah, for sure, for sure. You know, so they're able to kind of step into more leadership themselves, and um, and everybody's, like, it just works better, it sounds like. Yeah, it reminds me, but at the time there was um, inside of their group, like team dynamic, they had like a room that they met in, and I think they called it the war room. 
And I was like, the war room, like, let's create a new name for that room, like, where you meet and, like, create powerful ideas and change and all that. And one of the things that she did inside of coaching was to really, to rename that. And so, you know, that's just another example of how um, our language and our thinking and those words, they they have a huge impact. And by changing, I can't remember what she changed it to, but she themed it on against some movie that was important to her and, and just opened up a whole possibility for their team meetings that was different than going to the war room. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. And I think that you're right. Like the words matter. And they do. Like, and that can just, just changing those words can impact everyone that's sitting in that room for sure. That's exactly right. So I know before we started recording, we were talking about your new podcast. So tell people about your new podcast because that's pretty exciting. Yeah, I am excited about that. So I launched a podcast called Differently, and it's really intended to be candid, casual conversation um, around this idea that when we're willing to think and show up differently to the moments of our everyday life, um, magic can happen. Not like a weird kind of magic, but just where something that wasn't possible a moment before becomes possible. And so that's really the premise behind the podcast, and it's going to be really just bringing in people who are uh, being courageous in their everyday lives to shift how they think and do things in the moments to really create radical shifts in the way that, you know, in their work, in their life, in their relationships. And so it'll just be a lot of stories and insights around people doing that to hopefully stir people's thinking and really elevate the quality of living. Very cool. So people can find that on um Apple Podcasts, or where's the best place for people to find you? Yeah, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and any any really any of the you know your favorite podcast players, you can find it, and it's called Differently. Cool. I love the simplicity of the name as well. So congratulations on that. Thank you. And so let our listeners know where else they can find you. Your website, CarlaReeves.com. Yes. And I think you also had a free gift for folks. You can you can go to the site, and there is a opportunity to schedule a, a first conversation, which is complimentary. And so, if you're curious about um, you know any of this and how it could maybe impact your life, that first conversation is on me. And we'll really just help you kind of explore a little piece of your life and get a sense of what the the work the impact of the work is to see if it's really a fit for you. Cool. So just at CarlaReeves.com, and there's a yes. button there, begin the, begin the conversation. So yes. really simple for folks to find. And I want to just thank you for being a guest today on Visionary Women Printers. It's been great fun talking with you and hearing about the work that you're doing. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me and uh, love the conversation with you too. Well, great. Thanks.
Thanks for joining me today at Visionary Women Printers Radio. I hope it was helpful to you in your journey as a visionary womanpreneur. And I hope that you'll join our community on Facebook, Visionary Womenpreneurs, and join the conversation. I look forward to seeing you on our next show. Make it a great day.